Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Well, hello again, friends, and welcome back to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. This is the podcast for creative people where we talk to creative experts all over the world about how they get inspired for their ideas, how they organize their ideas, and most of all, how they get the confidence and the connections to get their work up and out into the world. And I'm just so pleased today to have somebody who not only, I mean, is an idea guy, but also a doer, an implementer, and an executor. My guest is Captain Travis Rosbach. Travis, welcome to the program. Oh, Mark, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Well, we've got a wide range of creative topics to cover, I know. But we have to start with the captain title. You know, not, not every CEO is also a captain. So we got to go back to the beginning. Tell us about that. Okay, yeah. Um, well, so I was living in the U.S. Virgin Islands and spending a lot of time on boats as a dive master and a, a dive ma uh, instructor, scuba dive instructor and, and scuba diving master. And all that time on the boats, I realized that it, that it paid just a little bit more than the scuba diving did. And I got to read my books, which I was really happy about. And I got to spend a little bit more time up on deck up in, in the sun. And so the first license I got was called a six pack, which I think you could take up to like six people and get paid. And then I moved into the 25 ton as soon as I had more time on uh, larger vessels, then ended up working on a yacht, got done with the yacht and got my uh, 50 ton master U.S. Merchant Marine Captain's License. Oh, fantastic. Took that, traveled all over the place, uh, working on dive boats, parasail boats, ocean rafting, mainly throughout the U.S. and British Virgin Islands. I did quite a bit of boating when I lived in Australia, and uh, I just, I have a real passion for, for the ocean. So, yeah. There you go. In, on, and under, and all around it. Well, I was going to say, and the topic of water obviously now leads us to why we're talking to you today. And that is, you created a terrific product and company called Hydro Flask. Clearly, the number one water bottle that I know, uh, and I think it's the, probably the billion-dollar brand and number one in the world. So how was that transition? What inspired you then to say, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur and start this company and build this brand? Well, I had studied business for, for a lot of my life. When I was 12, I inherited um, a bookshelf collection, a book collection from my neighbor who had, who had died. And I got all of his business books. And so I had started studying business when I was about 12. I met my real dad when I was 14. He was down in, in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, owning a uh, dive shop, Cane Bay Dive Shop. And so I started to really watch how at least the U.S. Virgin Islands branded brand of business was run uh, at a fairly young age. And so it was always sort of on the top of my mind that eventually I would own either the dive shop or a dive shop, or I would do something like business. And I just, I don't know what it is. I just have a real passion for it. And after 30 years, it sort of just channels right through me. But I was living out in Oahu and uh, had a, a sign company, a sign screen printing banners, embroidery, stuff like that. And I was thirsty. 
So I went to the uh, sporting goods store to buy a, a water bottle and there was no more water bottles to be had. This new fang dangled thing called BPA had just started making news and nobody really knew what to make of it, but they knew that it wasn't going to be a good deal. So they um, like proactively pulled all the water bottles off the shelf and I wanted a water bottle. So I asked him, I said, well, who's going to fill up this wall of, of emptiness because the water bottles are gone. And, and the employee said, nobody, there's, there's nobody else making water bottles really. And I said, well, I'll do that. It just kind of hit me in the back of the head. It came out through my mouth. And I just said, I'm, I'm going to do that. And he laughed at me and the bill a second in between me saying, you know, it wasn't even Travis. It was, I don't even know what the higher power authority was that right a true out of body experience it really was like i was the conduit i i was just the person who happened to be standing there as it was spoken and um in between me saying that or that being said really and him laughing at me that little bill a second i saw the future and i saw myself up on stage talking uh it turned out to be at berkeley and sure enough 10 years later I, there I was at Berkeley up on stage and I just had this major like, whoa, like flashback. And yet it was deja vu. And it was just kind of a, a wild thing that like the future uh, was then and it, it came to fruition. And so um, that's kind of where it all sort of started for Hydro Flask. Yeah. I love these origin stories of, you know, I was in a place and I saw a need and I said, I'm just going to do it. You didn't overthink it, it sounds like. You didn't say, I better go do my market research for three years to figure this out. Right. You know, there, I, <laughs> and, you know, maybe if I had known more, you know, then maybe I would have thought more. <laughs> but um, at <laughs> but, that point, I'd uh, at least, it, yeah, at least you didn't talk business. yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had, uh, I don't like kind of, you know, small localized companies. Prior, I had a fence company, the sign company, a, a real estate company, and they were all very like localized, centralized in one location. And so, starting an international branded water bottle company, I didn't know what I did not know. So I just jumped head first right in and, and just started going. And when you think about that, almost anything goes. You got to do whatever it takes, you know, get your hands dirty, get your boots muddy and grow in this thing. Uh, you were all in. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend at the time, she and I literally sold everything we owned. I had a bag of clothes. She had a bag of clothes and we had 3000 water bottles and that was it. And um, yeah, just 80, 90, 100 hour work weeks and everything going wrong and then everything going right and then everything going wrong and just back and forth and back and forth. But as soon as we started getting that feedback from the customers that, wow, this is great. I'm feeling better. I'm drinking more water. I'm more hydrated. It, it became all worth it. And it, it kind of gave us uh, fuel to, to fire that, that passion to just keep going. Mm -hmm. And so a five-year span of really growing this brand, growing this company. When did you know that it was time to take it to another level? You mean an exit, do you mean? An, an exit or, you know, bringing on more investors or did you have oh. this vision already? How did it emerge? Well, 
I didn't really have a vision for how anything would work. I just knew that the intention and the goal and the ethos of the whole thing was to have the best water bottle brand and well, best water bottle period and the best water bottle brand in the world. And that was the only real guiding light. That was the only factor of anything that we did. It was just to be the best in the world. And I had no idea what that meant or what that was going to look like and, or how expensive that was going to be. And it got really expensive really quickly and growing at 600% a, a quarter was just, it was ridiculous. It was like back when I was flying jets, it, it felt a lot the same. I was just holding on as tight as I could and, and, and just going, you know, full throttle. <laughs> Mach, and Mach five. Business so yeah, we, <laughs> yep. It was just straight up with no parachute. And so, yeah, we started, um, I would say probably our fourth order. We kind of got to that point where we needed a lot of money to buy the next shipment. And the next shipment was already sold, but we didn't have the money for it. it we just had the orders for it. And orders don't really mean anything uh, in, until the money's there. And we weren't getting the money for probably about 120 days after that. It was a wild ride. And so when the investors and in, uh, exit plan does come to shape, what were some of the considerations you had? And I guess I include your partners, your people that had helped you build this were obviously part of your thought process, I'm sure. Yeah. So I had originally started with, with a partner and, um, and she helped, uh, she did a lot of help with getting the, the business up and registered and running and uh, she did the books for quite some time. And then uh, times would get really tough and she would leave and she'd go back to Hawaii and, and she would quit and be gone. And then I would manage to hire somebody else who would come in, who would be a lot of help and get us back on track and do marketing or graphic design or whatever it was, or sales, whatever we needed. And then my partner would come back from Hawaii when we had more money and she'd hang out for a while and then she'd leave again. And then it was, so it was kind of back and forth with her. And we had taken on um, a couple investors. We had early stage, we had friends and family, of course. And so we, we made sure that they all got paid back as much as we could, as much as we could, as soon as we could. And then, um, you know, we started to need sort of the million dollars a month just to order the bottles. And, and so that's when we started to take on the, the, the outside investors. And that went really well, except that it eroded my equity. And so as soon as I got to 49%, uh, you know, like 49.8% or whatever it was, um, my partner again had, had taken off and that back to Hawaii. And so it was really just myself left with, with the investor. And uh, he came in and he said, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to change the, the entire game plan here. And I had I'd just gotten married to my, to my first wife. And I had uh, my brother had just died. And, and we, were, we were growing and doing everything that I sort of sought out to do. And I didn't really want to just keep going. It was like the season was over. I really enjoyed that holding on to the rocket ship 
but even though we were still headed in an upward upward trajectory, it felt to me as though I was starting to sort of plateau. I, I didn't really, I wasn't learning new things and it wasn't as, it was a lot of work, but it wasn't as entertaining for me anymore. I wasn't getting to learn new things as much. And so um, it was just a hybrid combination of all of the above that I finally said, well, I, you know, I, I think, I think I'm, I'm done here. I'm going to pass on the reins to, to somebody else. And, 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 you know, they assured me up and down that they were not going to fire the employees. They were not going to leave Bend, Oregon. And, you know, the, the ethos of it was going to remain by and large the same. And so with that, I, I said, okay, you know, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so interesting, Travis, this aspect of the story that many other entrepreneurs, I'm sure, have lived through, but also uh, others may not know. And that is, you look at it on paper, you read the business press, and you say, there's a lot of uh, zeros behind this offer, you know, to buy the company and take it over. And yet you're putting on this, you know, life piece you know, this season and journey, hey, I, I did what I needed to do, but, you know, now I'm married, I lost my brother, and look at all the other things going on around me. You're just ready to, to take it a different direction for you personally. Yes, yeah, and it, it was like my child, really, and, you know, it, I, we had baked in the DNA of this wonderful product with wonderful, we, we ended up with some really great employees who I felt very confident were going to be able to, you know, carry the torch even after I was gone. And, and they did, they did extremely well, obviously. I mean, it, it is, it's the number one water bottle on the, in, in the world, hands down bar none. And so um, yeah, it was just time and the money had zero to do with it. I mean, it was, that was the, my only real goal was to pay back my grandparents, uh, and, and pay off their credit cards that they had lent. And, um, I had, I had a lot of personal debt from, from starting the company. And my, my only real goal was just to pay off the, the loans and pay off, you know, my family and friends that had, had invested in us. And uh, everything else was just icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. That's some nice icing. But you, you weren't finished uh, baking. You got lots of other ideas. You're, you're kind of a serial entrepreneur, serial inventor. Uh, where did you take it from there? I love this new group that you formed, but tell us about what you're doing now. Yeah, so I took that uh, and, and I just, I hit pause, honestly. I, it, it, I walked away on a Thursday in April and I woke up in September and I, for the first time, I, I kind of woke up and realized I am no longer the hydroflask guy. And it, it kind of was a weight off of my chest. And it was also kind of like a, whoa, who am I? What am I doing here? Uh, you know, it wasn't like an existential crisis or anything, but it was kind of one of those, oh, wait, what's going on? And um, at that time, uh, yoga came into my life. Kundalini yoga just started coming in and got into Kundalini yoga and paddle boarding and, and bought a motor home. And uh, my wife and I divorced and I just took off and lived in the motorhome and traveled the country doing yoga festivals and, and paddle boarding. And um, I, but I, my email 
box was always full of people wanting help and, and, and asking, you know, how do I produce a product? How do I start a brand? How do I do this and that? And I'd get these emails and say, I'm sorry, I'm not really doing that anymore. I'm not really interested, but thanks anyway. And I'd hit send. And then all of a sudden, like I'd get the downloads about these businesses where it's just like, oh, here's all you have to do. You just got to do this, 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 and, 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 and you're off to the races. And so I finally came to a fork in the road one day where I could have turned right and gone you know, east, or I could have turned left and gone west. And I couldn't decide because there was, there was nothing east and there was nothing west. And so I was like, okay, I got to go back to Oregon and do something because I, like, I, I cannot get away from business and I do not want to be retired. I was, I was bored of retirement. And so I came back and bought a bunch of property in Tumalo, Oregon and started cutting down uh, juniper trees with chainsaws. And, and, um, and then I started the Tumalo group, which what we do is we help brands build products. We source uh, engineering, all the CAD files, all the design for manufacturing, all of the tooling, um, all of the shipping and tariffs and customs and import duties and all of that. We help with the logistics for anybody who wants to start a product um, really, or take their existing brand and grow it or grow their product lineup. Mm -hmm. Well, I find myself with uh, two thoughts here, Travis. First, to acknowledge what you said, that your identity as an individual, as a person was so tied up in this company and this brand that you woke up one day saying, wait a second, I'm not just the hydroflask guy. Yeah, I very vividly remember that. I, I remember that um, that day and it it was, it was like, wait a second, if I was wrong about that, I could have been wrong about everything. <laughs> and it, it did make me realize that I needed to sort of reevaluate and how was I living my life and what was I doing and where did I want to be and who did I want to be with? And, you know, how did I want to proceed forward? <laughs> yeah. 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 But then forming the Tumalo group makes me realize that you were taking the process thinking, you know, how do you create and launch and manufacture and ship, you know, any product that there was a mindset that you had that you thought uh, could help other people do this. It's like, this is not just about water bottles. There is a process that you can share with these other uh, creators. You're exactly right. And, and I think that part of my reluctance in starting the Tumalo group is because it for me it's so easy because you just do a b c d all the way through z and then you start over again and you do it like 15 to 25 more times and then pretty soon there it is but i didn't realize fully or i didn't fully comprehend the fact that it was it's a challenge for other people to do this but it's it's a you know it's a water bottle or it's uh you know a I'm working with a really neat uh, wine company out of Austin, Texas called Boxed. And we're building these, these really beautiful wooden boxes for them. And like, it's, it doesn't matter what the widget is, the process is by and large the same. And so I just sat down and wrote out that process and said, all right, let's, let's see how this goes. And, you know, three years in now it's, it's, it's quite successful. <laughs> so. And what lesson could uh, creators take away from that? you know, as far as applying principles and processes from one marketer, one industry, or, uh, you know, one channel to another? 
Well, I think that it's all possible. And um, for me anyway, I, I didn't worry about what I didn't know. And because I knew that there was always going to be something that I didn't know that was going to pop up, but I didn't have to, and I still don't always have to be the smartest person in the room. I can find people who know how to do something that I don't know how to do. And I can either learn from them or I can, um, I can learn from myself by going out and, and taking classes and courses. And nowadays we've got YouTube to, to help us with all of that. But I didn't, I, I realized that you don't have to know everything in order to at least get started. Unseen forces will come to your aid if you act boldly. I, I truly, truly believe that. That's terrific. So it does lead me to wonder, Travis, uh, in terms of what's next for you, you know, what's on the horizon. But quite specifically, is there something you're working on now that you're saying, no, I've got to learn something. I'm, I got to up my game and study on something new. I'm curious. Yeah, well, that's a great question because I really do get bored and uh, I really love taking, even though I don't do well at tests, I do actually really poorly at tests, but I always end up having like a pass by one answer, <laughs> but I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy learning. And so, yeah, right now I'm, I am about six months out from a new course. I started a new course right now and about six months out from talking about it, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's along the lines of um, business therapy and, and kind of working with the, the C-suites and some of the startups on the, the philosophy and the mentality of the psychology of success in business. And so I'm working on that right now. Um, I also still have a company that owns some property and I'm doing the, the land development right now. And I think we're getting ready to move uh, at least one piece of property. And so I'm, I'm kind of winding that down and, and uh, yeah, I, and I've got a four-year-old daughter who she <laughs> takes up all the other 48 hours of the day. So well, yeah. Then you just <laughs> answered my question. Cool, there's what you, there's what you got to learn next. <laughs> Yeah, 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 right. And that is, yeah, like those are the books that I study the most. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And yeah, uh, yeah, Travis, yeah, what are your- Yeah, raising your, a four-year-old daughter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the full-time uh, education right there. Well, Travis, I'm very yeah. curious then yeah, as, yeah. Uh, as you are now, you know, developing some new ideas and new directions, what, what's inspiring you? What is fueling your fire out there? I think uh, a big part of it is just new technologies that are coming online. Um, I also, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a real curiosity, or that's not probably the right, most articulate way to say it. I'm taking a real interest in how marketing is, is changing. We're starting to see the social media ads, the influencers are no longer having quite the impact that they once had, even just six months and a year ago. And so I'm, I'm really fascinated with where we're going to go next. If we do lose some of the big tech giants, what are we going to do to replace those? How is guerrilla marketing in 2022 going to look? And are we going to go back to more retail, uh, more mom-pa retail? Or are we going to stay with more internet-based direct-to-consumer models? And so I'm studying that quite a bit and, and learning as much as I can as to what 
you know, what is the future? You know, it was TikTok for a little while and then TikTok, yeah, still interesting, but um, you know, what else and what's next? And I think that's, that's what keeps me going is that there's always something changing in business. Like all of the old Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and, and all of those books that, that I inherited, all of those core fundamental principles are all still very much applicable but just the execution method is, is changing and is what change is. And so that's, that's what I really get a kick out of. That's so good. And what's your viewpoint on that then, Travis, uh, this sort of online direct to consumer, you know, we all think that's completely taken over. So you gave me pause when you said, could we be sort of restoring and regaining some of the ma and pa channels? Yeah, I think the direct to consumer is is fantastic. I am an advocate. I I, I am definitely a user. Um, but I also believe that we do like to have that tactile sensation of touching a product before we buy it and and seeing it and and experiencing it um, that we cannot do necessarily on the screen, and so. Um, and I also think that that direct to, or I'd say, I, I think that retail is also imperative for the younger generations of entrepreneurs who are coming up, the, sort of the millennials and even younger now who are starting businesses. A lot of times they just think we're going directly to the computer. Everything is going to happen through the computer. We're just going to pay a ton of advertising costs into AdWords and, and, and campaigns online. And that's where all of our revenue is going to come from. I think that they're missing a, a, a segment of the population that still does go into the retail stores. I don't think that retail's dead. I think it's just changing. And a lot of times with retail, you get the added benefit of not only are you in the store on their shelves, but you're also on their website. So you, you get those online sales as well. And they may or may not ship from your location. That's a whole other topic. But um, I, I still believe in retail. I really do. I, I, and I think like Austin, Texas is, is doing a really great job of, you know, keeping it local and having a lot of startups in, in a confined area like that. And, and, and we're watching these people all move to Austin to partake in that. And I think that's a great business model. I think that's, that's how we should be. I think that we should be more local like that. Mm, very good. And I guess I would be remiss, Travis, to not ask you, you know, when we think about inspiration, what book is on your desk right now that you're reading on your nightstand that you're getting inspiration from? Actually, yeah, I, um, I finally just got around to the Steve Jobs book. That was, is it Walter Isaacson who yes, wrote yes. it? Um, yeah, I'm just now, I can't believe I'm just now reading it, but uh, I actually kind of, I, I started reading it and it's just, it's just remarkable. What I really get a kick out of is like, Steve was different. I mean, he was a different dude. I mean, he had different thoughts and principles and philosophies and not all of them were great. And, and some of them were outstanding and tremendous and mind blowing, but I really, I like the idea, like, I don't feel so odd when I read his book, <laughs> you know, some of my <laughs> you thought you were crazy. <laughs> quite different from other people. I did. <laughs> now it's like, oh, I'm not nearly as crazy. I'm, I'm as mainstream as it gets. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. pretty cookie cutter at this point. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's funny. So, yeah, I, I, am really getting a I, I recently finished Da Vinci biography by Walter Isaacson. And uh, oh, I mean, this thing, yeah. uh, you know, four inches thick. And uh, you talk about an odd dude. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci had some oddities as well. So I guess Walter likes to embrace these creative personalities and really tell their story. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually I got the Benjamin Franklin one from him, and I and I kind of wish I would have got the Da Vinci one, um, and I probably will. But what I found is is kind of a neat little trick is I bought the I buy the hardback books, and then I also buy it on Audible, and then I can turn on Audible up to about two times the speed from like one point six to one point eight two times, and so I can read it really quickly. I can underline it, highlight it, still have my paper book, but I can read just, a, you know, literally I, on, on two times, I would say I probably read about five times faster uh, with listening to it and reading it. And so that's kind of my new, like that came because of the Steve Jobs and Walter's, you know, yeah, four inch thick book. Yeah. yeah. I love so, that technique. I can't yeah. wait to try it. And listeners, that is just the I'm flying that you get from this podcast. So if you've listened for the last 20 minutes and just got that nugget, it was worth coming by the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I am literally going through books five times faster than I ever did. Yeah, I love that. Well, Travis, what a terrific conversation. We could go on and I, I have a sense that we should follow up. We'll have another conversation, but thanks so much for sharing some of your experience and your insights and uh, even future vision of what markets might look like. Oh, you're welcome, Mark. And thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah, it has been great. Well, listeners, my guest has been Travis Rosbach. And I should underscore Captain Travis Rossback, great sea captain, <laughs> even flown planes. We didn't even get into that. And a serial inventor and entrepreneur, founder of the company and the brand Hydroflask, and now running a terrific group called the Tumalo Group, where he's helping other entrepreneurs and other creators get their work fashioned so that they can get it out into the world. And that's what this podcast is all about. So thanks to Travis and thanks to you listeners and come back again next time. We'll continue our virtual around the world tour. We've been all over the world from Oslo to Buenos Aires to San Francisco to Johannesburg, South Africa, all in the search of creative inspiration, finding out how creators organize their ideas and how they get the confidence and the connections to get their work up and out into the world. We're unlocking your world of creativity, and I'm Mark Stenson. We'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book. 